This is Tales of Swordfall. Episode 32, Shared Soup. I'm looking around. I'm just going to kind of like, kind of hang out in the kitchen and smell the smells of uh, Norik's cooking and everything and kind of get in the way a little bit just because I can. Uh, hey, can, can, I, can I have a little bit of space? You don't need to be right next to me while I'm cooking. It smells delicious. Yeah, you can enjoy it from anywhere in the kitchen. I, you, you seem like an excellent cook. Thank you. You'll get to uh, you'll get to have some later, if you're lucky. <laughs> okay, so Alonzo, uh, you're you're seeing Nork. He's cooking. Uh, Nork is probably cooking like this is his like own kitchen. Um, what do you think yeah. of Nilkus's actions, though, Alonzo? Like, it looks like. Like, okay, so, Nilkis, we're, we're describing this as rampaging, and you just taking things and shoving it into your mouth, right? Yeah, it looks like there's totally something wrong with him. Like, this isn't normal behavior of a normal person. Alonzo is definitely taking note. Okay. Uh, any, any like, reactions to, to this, though? Like, actually, uh, give me some kind of intelligence check. Let's see if you can actually identify what he's doing. All right, intelligence. I will roll some intelligence. Yeah, you can do any skill you think is good. I would say investigation, but we like just did that, so. Okay. Um, maybe per maybe perception. Sure, that sounds good. All right, let's roll perception. Uh, nineteen. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, you you've seen people do it in calmer ways. Uh, to check for poisons, but it. Seems like Nilkis is doing it, um, god, almost manically, I dare say. The last one he checks, I just want to whisper in his ear and go, be careful, that one's poisoned. And then just grin he, at him. He freaks out and he just, like, drops whatever he's holding. It, it tastes uh, like- Norg is going to attempt to catch it as it's dropping. Okay, uh, give me uh, either a sleight of hand or a dexterity save, whichever you think is more appropriate in this 21. Damn. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, don't drop that. Nilkis. Come on. What are you doing? You Pay, pay attention. Yeah. What are you well, don't doing, pay attention to, Don't pay attention uh, to him. Uh, what I think is? Nilkis, uh, there is the telltale signs of poison. It tastes like almonds. Because it is <laughs> almonds. It is almonds. Oh, he just like stops and stares at both of them, and then he takes the almonds and tries to literally shove it in Alonzo's face. <laughs> and he just uh, goes, "Great poison! Now you can taste test it next." <laughs> I'd like to try to catch the the like kind of like as he's trying to force them in my face, I kind of grab it and avert it. So that it dumps all over Norik. Uh, posing yeah. sleight of hand checks, please. Oh no, crit fail. 
Oh no. Almonds in my face. Barely not crit fail. <laughs> so Milkus is in control of this um scene <laughs> at the moment. So Nilkus, what happens to the almonds? I just force him to eat it, I guess. <laughs> Why don't you help our friend Norik here with cooking and make yourself useful? And he just sort of like just glares at Alonzo. Alonzo's gonna carefully take the almond out of his mouth and just kind of drop it on the floor. Hey, and then that just... up. And I'm a mess in my kitchen. And he just turns around and walks off to the corner of the kitchen. Hey. God, punk. And he's just going to kind of glower disappointedly at Nilkus. He's just going to, I guess, sort of like look over and then just turn away. Okay. Um, I had to laugh a little bit too hard there. Um, thank you. So, um, uh, I'm Norris is gonna go, he's gonna grumble a little bit and just, ah, so I'll go pick up all the stuff he's dropping on the floor. Place is clean, he's making a mess of it already. Yeah, it, it's, I love, I love the image of like these two tall people just kind of terrorizing Norik's poor kitchen. Poor, poor Norik. So, uh, I'm gonna kick you out of my kitchen if you keep this up. So, Norik, like, Despite your kitchen helpers, for lack of the better mm -hmm. word, like, how does it feel to actually cook in a kitchen again? Like, you were out in the wilderness for a long while. Uh, when you came back mm -hmm. home, your mom didn't let you, like, cook around her because she was too worried. But now you're in a kitchen, a kitchen which actually is accommodating for you. And, like, does this feel like uh, your space? It it does. Um, so, Norik, he would help out his mother uh, sometimes with cooking when he was home. Um, but he definitely learned a lot from, from her. And uh, when he left home and went to the, the stay at the monastery, um, they did need some cooking help, and uh, that was something that Norik had some experience with. So he uh, he actually had some friends at his time at the monastery that uh, you know they they became friends because um, Norik would cook for people, and they really appreciated it. Uh, and they were friends until um, Norik supposedly betrayed the monastery um at which point all friendships were, were, were lost there but he hadn't had his own cozy home like cooking space in a long long time So it's it's kind of like a happy experience then to just be in a kitchen and do what you do. It feels natural. Ah. Nice. So you're there. You're making soup. Uh, 
you probably you you probably stocked up before you left uh well uh let's see not Longborough, but town next to it Bramby Cleary. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> are you kidding? Uh, uh Norwich folks would not have let let him leave without just gobs of food. Bach they 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 were they were loading crates. They they were trying to give him more crates of food, but he had he had to cut them off at some point. So yeah, and you did save the town and all that, so So Yeah, you know, there was there was some uh there was some definite um stocks of food and ingredients that uh Nork brought back. So we're gonna go back to uh Ryan and Austere in the parlor. And um did that conversation just like I can't quite remember now since I jarred my brain with laughter. Um we went to the parlor I guess to talk further. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, do we have that conversation or no, we haven't yet. Okay. So, uh, he invites you into the parlor and, uh, he sits down. It, it looks a little funny. The contrast with, um, like austere, you haven't seen the real austere out of like made, like it's, it's armor, but it's also robes. It looks very like high powerful fantasy uh wizard that fights with a big sword type of thing mm-hmm. um and uh you know he's he's sitting down and uh he looks at you and so when where did you discover this uh well when we were in the marketplace there was a very peculiar merchant and he was the one who revealed all this to me I actually saw her earlier today too he raises an eyebrow and he just waits and listens Hmm. And who well, who was the merchant? He was a peculiar um egg merchant. Ah. Uh, you can tell by his expression he exactly knows who you're talking about. Hmm. So uh, how long have you been dreaming about her? Uh, I haven't mentioned anything about dreams, but, uh... You're linked with her, girl. I've had dreams, like, two dreams about her. Recently. And then you met her. Mm-hmm. He puts his hands together... He sets them on his knees and he just kind of sits there and thought for a moment. Well, if you need our protection, 
We are here for you. I want to ask, you know, what is she after with me? What would you think? Besides the whole, oh, she's my mother. Pretty darn well time for her to act motherly, don't you think? Well, there is a uh, cycle that happens every about uh, so often. Every, uh, 250 years. Hmm. Uh, yes, I I don't want to uh, bore you with the details, but um, an event happens every 250 years that uh, the many different factions race for. And, well, she might want to use you as a pawn. Wait, what? He, uh, like, uh, man, I'm gonna do a check, and you can do an insight against this. If I can actually find his character sheet. Hey, you can, you can yell at me for not having character sheets up. Gosh darn it, Paul. Paul. Oh. Chastise us for it, and now you're... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I feel feel so much better. Uh, uh. Oh, he is not good at that. He's definitely holding something back. <coughs> I kind of need to know this. Well, every 250 years, um, an event happens, uh, let's say a, uh, power surge. It's, uh, of the old gods, it's, um, realities start to become a little bit thinner, and certain objects appear on radars. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's an event that happens. He, you can tell he's being kind of careful about what he's saying. And that he's trying to also keep it dumb enough that you would understand. So, um, there's usually a large search amongst these many factions for several pieces of this, uh, key. Hmm. And, well, things get a little interesting. So, do you know the power of a wish? Um, can I roll some kind of check on this? Uh, yeah, you, well, okay, you've, you've heard the spiel a bit before about, uh, you know, the wish... And how uh, it basically grants you anything you want. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, depending on uh, how powerful your whatever you're wishing on is, I'm guessing pretty darn powerful. Well, with most wishes, it's usually. Most things that grant wishes 
have no forethought or afterthought about the wish. So the wishes just happen, and they are what directly you ask for. This, on the other hand, is uh, has intelligence behind it. It's it's reality bending. Reality bending. The fabric of what you've known, what your past is, what your future will be, can change. It is said that this has happened several times before, but the history behind it has been wiped because of how powerful it is. We actually don't know how many times before. Or if, you know, we have already been through this cycle before. Recently. Hmm. In fact, we could be playing this game over and over if somebody wishes so, and we would not know it. Oh, well, doesn't that sound dandy? It's, uh, something we try to control. And if, uh, your supposed mother is active and you can tell active is kind of a word that he's using specifically kind of like how one would uh say a secret agent is active you mean searching yes searching uh there might be other players at hand too he did say my sisters are looking for me. Oh. But uh, they could also be looking for that too. I don't know. <laughs> Why? Hmm. Why specifically you? There are many daughters out there. And he starts to get this suspicious like look on his face. You tell me. I thought she was dead this whole time. For all I knew, she was just some, I don't know, floozy who dumped me off the street. <laughs> She's barely that. Hmm. Tomorrow, I will come here and we'll go to the library. We will give you a crash course on the first mother. Fair enough. It seems like it's a lot to take to kind of take in. Thank you for listening to Tales of Swordfall. consider listening to these podcasts.
Greetings, listeners. Are you looking to add more D&D fun to your lineup? Then be sure to check out Party Advantage, a D&D 5th edition play podcast featuring two campaigns alternating each week. In the Arius adventures, you'll set off into the land of Arius, from the ancient dragon gods that created this world to the rise and fall of various races and civilizations. This land has history that stretches far into times long forgotten. Our heroes find themselves on a journey that will take them to the busy city of gnomes, the gilded halls of the high elves, and to the deepest depths of the Underdark. Then in the Far Wind Saga, you'll travel with our group of anti-heroes for their suspense-filled exploits as they explore the enigmatic continent of Far Wind. This is an ancient land lost to the histories of Faerun, where mystery and danger shroud the deep forest, forbidden mountains, and dark mires. Yet every risk offers tantalizing rewards to those brave enough to take them. Will these parties gain the advantage on their next encounter? Find out every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you then. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe.